0: Well, what what I've been trying to tell people in the local scene is that when you're this far outside of the mainstream, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as a targeted strike <laughs> when you go out of house and bring law enforcement in. And of course, like exceptions to that rule are like, you know, sexual assault or real assault or you know sure. And oh god, I said realist. I mean assault as opposed to sexual assault. I agree with that sounded bad. <laughs> no, I, I actually
1: guess. no, actually I like the real assault. Actually, that that actually but, you know. Well, yeah, as
0: opposed to play assault, which is what we, which is our stock of trade. How, how about this uh,
1: consensual? We agreed on it assault versus yeah, real versus assault,
0: non consensual assault. R- yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So when, you know, other than things like that, where you know law enforcement probably has to be brought in. Mm-hmm. Um. There's no such thing as a targeted strike, so there's going to be collateral damage. You know, yeah. you may be dropping a dime on the guy that you don't like or the club that you don't like, but the residual effects—it's going to hit your friends, the, the clubs you like to go to. It's going to cause the presenters that you want to see to not come to town, and you're you you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to you know cut off your nose to spite your face. <laughs> yes. So it's best to handle these things in house whenever you know appropriate. And because what what really sort of blew up here was um, right around the time I left for uh, Bound in Boston, um, there was this political, there was a mayoral race in a small town outside of St. Louis Mm -hmm. where there had been a, a BDSM convention at a hotel. And the challenger sent out a press release saying that the incumbent mayor was allowing sex and porn conventions in their fair city. And oh my
1: God, sex is happening at a hotel. I news know. Newsflash.
0: <laughs> and it was in the Miami Herald and the Chicago Tribune and the mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, the national news was covering this, this mayoral race just outside of St. Louis because, you know, the the word sex was involved in BDSM. Right. And I don't know how that happened, but it seems like a lot of the attention that, you know, we've, we've brought on ourselves intentionally, or unintentionally got in the ear of these political opportunists and you know you can always if you're a politician in a conservative area you can always run against sex it's one of the safest things (laughs) to run against and try to tar your opponent with
1: right does it doesn't work well when you get found in in the hotel room with the sheep and little bo peep (laughs) but does does when the opponent does yes yeah exactly Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and this is where, you know, if you are running a group, you have to, I mean, I, I have my own issues with NCSF. I've known them since they, before they started literally, uh, when Susan started the whole thing. And I, I, you know, could go and do my own little diatribe on them. But at the same time, they do really do good work and in the areas that they do very good work in. And one of them is training and getting groups to understand how to do community outreach to their local authorities specifically you know how you know we're going to put on an event how do we talk to the local cops how do we get permission how do we how do we find out what is what we're going to be allowed to do as much as what we are allowed to do you know what is our right to do and you know a lot of people you know because we hide you know and i'm not i am not an advocate in any way of the you know you must stand up and the more out you are the more you know uh, uh, you know, the better the world is because that has its own repercussions. But in terms of running a group and stuff, um, your, your local police are more interested in knowing you're there than they are in being surprised that you are there. Right. You know, uh, when uh, tested tests 30 years ago, um, number of years, uh, the, the guy who was actually putting it together for the, for the group, Decided, you know, played a lot of politics, ended up getting getting the ability and, fi- and did running the event sort of under the table. And he actually fired the NCSF rep and the, uh, a lawyer who was working with them to um, get us known. So we were known with the local authorities, but we weren't known past that. And once the event opened up, what happened was within a day, the state showed up and they were like, you surprised us. We're going to fuck you over. And, you know, the lawyer actually, who, who actually was at the event, was able to talk them down because uh, he knew what the law was and basically went, yeah, you're waving your dick around and this is, this is the law supporting us, now let's make a deal. And they did and it worked out in the end, you know, it wasn't great, but we survived. The main point, though, is if the groundwork had been done, it wouldn't have been an issue. Or at least we would have known it was an issue in the first place, and it's that's one of the things that NCSF is very good for. Is uh you know, they get you to understand how you can talk to police. You can, you know, you know, instead of coming in looking like you know the sleazy guy or girl in a, in a. Uh, uh, a raincoat, you're coming in as, hi, I'm Joe Normal. We're doing this event. This, things will happen at this event. Um, what are what permits or issues do we have? And um, are we okie-dokie with this? You know, and the same thing with uh, talking to the hotel. Because hotels want our business. You know, we're, we're right. money. And I don't know of an event that uh, has had any uh, SM group, uh, at least once, that hasn't wanted them back. I mean, we are... we. I remember, was it, uh, you, you were at the first, uh, was it Shibaricon? Uh, I've had, you know, Shibaricon has had this, this response, and I know uh, the Test Fest has this response. I think, I think it was uh, one of the Test Fests, actually. We, we had a hotel we were at where they, they said, we want you back. We've had the Shriners. You guys are nice.
0: <laughs>
1: like, you're cool. You don't break things. You don't get drunk. And you tip, you know. Uh, Mayor Daley for, Ex-Mail uh, Daley for Chicago uh, you know they have uh, international Mr. Leather in Chicago, and that brings in something like about ten million dollars a year. I think the last time I heard, uh, in tax money alone, just tax wow. money. Forget about. Remember this is the, okay. This is the largest gay event in the U.S. The the this thing takes over one of the one of the major hotels in downtown Chicago, right on you know over by uh, Millennium Park. And then the Overflow Hotel is like another two or three other hotels next door. You know, this, this, this is not a small event. And, you know, it's like Shibari Khan is nothing. <laughs> this is huge. And uh, the religious groups would always come in and go like, oh, you must throw out the heathens, you know, give them back their money. And Daly's like, sure, give me $10 million. <laughs> we can talk. Until then, go fuck <laughs> off. And, and, you know, while I may or may have issues with Daly's issues with, uh, you know, uh, uh, privatizing public services—the issue is, you know, we are money, and money, money talks. And hotels that experience how good we can be, you know, it's it's rather awesome the reactions you get from them because they do want you back. Oh yeah, you know, and you shouldn't be afraid to go to them because fuck, are You know, if you're an SM group, think about the fact that any hotel you're talking to is probably hosted at least two swinger events. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, depending on where you are.
0: Well, I mean, I think that uh, the um, STL three, the the big group in St. Louis that does um, beat me in St. Louis and Thanksgiving, they have a really good. From from what I know, I'm not a, I'm not a part of STL three, but from what I understand, they have a really good relationship with the hotels that they um, uh, have their events in. Mm-hmm. And last year, I was in a situation where I was on Twitter, and I. Like hashtag a tweet with uh, I think Thanksgiving, and then I did a search on you know the hashtag Thanksgiving, and I someone had like was just going off on STL three and saying, Oh my God, there are all these fat people in my hotel, like you know <laughs> tying each other up and beating each other, and I retweeted it, and STL three saw it, and the hotel saw it, and eventually the guy. Uh, that gentleman's no longer employed at that hotel. <laughs> and Sweet! I'm, I'm not gonna say anything more about the specifics because it it I, I wrote about it for the Sex Positive St. Louis blog, mm-hmm. and I think some STL3 people were less than happy with me. And the gentleman in question who got who lost his job was less than happy with me. <laughs> um, he contacted me through my website. But the long and short of it was I retweeted his tweet, you know, going off on STL3. And later he was separated from his employment. So yeah, I mean we do have a certain amount of power mm-hmm. just from our dollars. You know our money spends just like everybody else's.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And, and and to be honest, I mean if anyone has any issues with that, with you with that, I think they should go take a flying leap because um, look, the hotel is a business. They they want you uh, to be happy. You know especially if you're spending money there. And if an employee is is dissing your event. They really should be getting uh, another another place of employment, and you know, when you don't speak up, when you try to hide, I mean, there are things to hide from. I mean, there 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 is reason to keep a low profile, but there's also those points in time where you got to pull out a baseball bat and go, "Dude, we're here. What's your problem?" And okay. and leave it at that. And you know, if, uh, you know, this guy, you know, usually from what I've seen, most most times whenever anyone pickets a group, you know, like this may sound like a segue, but uh most groups when they try and pick it you know one of our events it usually turns out to be if, if they even show up three people in a sign you know it's it's never the giant event that it is right. and the uh, uh uh the hilarity of it when you have somebody internal doing it i mean dude I, obviously you don't want to make money and you know what is this person not just saying about your event but other events you know you know if the mormons are there he doesn't like mormons he goes off on mormons you know it's the point is is he this is a guy who is not being too smart about his own job in that sense and exactly. you know where you go with that it. it it's it's silly i mean it, it's funny I look at I look at what we do and again how we treat you know, the, the hotels were with, like I said, they're, they, they obviously, since they've been at the same hotel, the, the it was a spank me in St. Louis, it's been at the same hotel from, what I understand, for a number of years, they obviously do have a good relationship, and, you know, I know Shabar has a very good relationship with, uh, the Hyatts, which, by the way, Hyatts are really, really kink-friendly, uh, you know, they're gay-friendly, they're, they're amazing hotel, I, I cannot, uh, uh, you know, praise Hyatts enough in that sense, but, uh, they know where the money is. Um, while you know Shivarcones at that hotel there's also a group called the Bullshooters. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, were were you were you at the first year we were at the Hyatt? The, the yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. They they left like the, the Bullshooters left a almost one story pile of beer cans <laughs> on the that there was that, that little uh, covered section from the uh, uh, what used to be the swimming pool that round area. Uh, to the main lobby outside there was like this giant pile of beer cans they were dropping beer and things down the atrium uh we had a we had a a local cop who uh we had the hotel got us cops to to prevent them from harassing us i mean they're they're better these years but at that one year it was like you know it was like my god we're like in redneck territory and these were people from all over the world it was really, really fucked up um but we were the good guys. I mean, the hotel loved us. They were like, we can't get rid of them. They're, they're paying us a shitload of money, but we're definitely going to put a barrier between you and them. And, you know, these are the vanillas, <laughs> exactly. you know, I believe a quote from one of the cops was at the time was, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, um, you know, darts darts are a weapon. They have a pointy end. If they point them at me, I will shoot them. You know, I was like, <laughs> Dude, I love redneck cops, you know. <laughs> yeah. The
0: the bar first bar Icon that I went to, um, I think there was like a girls' soccer team was in the hotel. And Oh yes. they <laughs> they were walking past the bar in the lobby, in the first floor, and they were the bar was playing the song, the, the cha-cha slide, and the speakers were outside the bar so you could hear the music outside the bar. And so these little girls who must have been like, you know, junior high, like the 6th grade. Start doing the cha-cha slide all in this little line, and just before the song ended, these three DOMs come out of the bar, and the one in the middle was like six foot tall in heels with fiery red hair, Mm -hmm. and they just stood with their arms folded, you know, and watched these little girls doing the cha-cha slide, like they like the girls were lined up for dance inspection. (laughs) And the song ended, and the DOMs did a little golf clap for these little girls it was just the funniest thing <laughs> it was so surreal it was beautiful moments of you know the vanilla world and the kink world colliding oh
1: i love I've when that before. happens
0: when i was i was leaving um i think it was beat me in st louis last mm-hmm. year i was pulling out of the uh and i used to be really shy about you know what it is that we do and it's only in the past couple of years that i've been more out and i was pulling out of the um uh parking garage and i had my little event badge on and the parking attendant said, how long have you been in the lifestyle? And I said, oh, 15 years. And I'm pulling out, as like, did I really just have that conversation
1: with
0: my parking garage?
1: Mm-hmm. It's,
0: you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, I think.
1: It is, it is. I mean, again, this is also that interface where things become more normal in a sense. Um, I mean, I've always joked that, uh, you know, it's interesting how you, when when you step through... I've always liked using the the Alice in Wonderland metaphor of when you step through the mirror, you enter Wonderland and you end, you're in a new world. And I remember the first time I uh, first first time first event I ever went to with a significant other, which was um, uh, Test Twenty Five. And you know we we were you know it's like you're already into the you're already into your own kink. You've you know reading books and you're you're uh, I mean I've been tying things up since I was five. I mean I've been doing weird shit. Since God knows when, I mean, um, I grew up in New York when Times Square was the the porn mecca that it was, you know, and you know, I went to my first live sex show when I was thirteen, which says something wow. about me. Yeah, that explains a lot, Doug. Oh, I was I was this, well, you know, how tall I was, this tall, half as wide because I didn't have any shoulders, and you know, it was a skinny thing, and I'm wearing an army jacket. I walk, I mean, you know, people thought I was insane. So I walked into my first, uh, uh, you know, porn parlor, which was a Pussycat, uh, pussycat Theater, well, one of the Pussycats on uh, 6th Avenue up about, it was a 40, between 49th and, four, uh, was it 40, 40th and 49th. And then, uh, like, a, a couple days later, I went around the corner across the street to, well, actually, over to Broadway uh, between uh, 49th and 48th to the old giant uh, p- uh, Pussycat that was there. That was the big main theater, main one. And I went to the live sex show and it was like, you know, after that, you couldn't keep me out of the damn things, but well, yeah, it's pervert, pervert, pervert. Um, but the whole point of this was simply that, um, you know, that's, you know, me growing up with this, you know, pervasiveness around it, but then coming out in a sense of being able to, like I said, the walking through, stepping through the, uh, the looking glass when we, I went to the, when we went to this, uh, this first event, was the fact that it wasn't just that you know you have lots of perverts because like you go to you would if you went to any of the uh, porn shops first off there was the etiquette of going to a porn shop which is most majority of people you saw there were guys there were never any women if there was women there it got really weird you know not for me but for you'd watch the guys if you were a guy, you never, you never looked, made eye contact, you never talked to anybody, which was funny, because I had people who were friends who worked in the area, and also went to them, so like, my friend would go, hey, Dove, how you doing, we're in the thing, and like, you'd watch all these guys in raincoats, like, practically duck behind, you know, things, because like, oh my god, two people talking to each other, oh, you know, it was, <laughs> it, was it was great, but um, it, we're, here we are at a, at a uh, uh, you know, we go to this event, and it's not just people in raincoats, it's perfectly normal people. I mean, I always joke to people and they go, hey, you know, I've never been to an event, what's it like? I went, sort of like going to a knitting circle, you know, in, in any small group, you know, everyone's normal. Actually, you'll find they're extra normal. And we're, we went to this thing, and we were wandering around, and it was like, there was almost a banality to it. I mean, it was exciting and all this fun, but it, everyone was just, you know, there, you know. It was like, wow, and nothing unusual about it. And it's one of those things where when you start going to a larger event, especially now that large, you know, events are so much more prevalent. Oh, actually, let me first say the, 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 once you're through looking glass, you, you can recognize people. You know, you want, when you talk to people on the street or you meet people and suddenly you go, oh, they're wearing a, a gray handkerchief or the chain around their neck is a little too formal. Right. You know, things like that. Or the way they're walking or you notice they're wearing something under their dress or their clothing. Or the way when certain things come up, like a joke, you know, uh, an SM or a fetish joke comes up, they say something a little too knowing. Right, you know, exactly. and you just go, we should talk. And that's the whole thing. of Once you step through that looking glass, you're you're eternally changed. You, you become more aware of the larger community. But, you know, the, the other thing is also the communities, you know, the outer world is becoming more aware of it. And especially when you're going to certain, you know, places like, you know, the Hyatt or, you know, or other places and they go, oh, you're, you're with that party over there. And they know that because you're wearing the right stuff or you're, right. you're, you've got the right demeanor for it kind of thing. Um, you know, I, uh, actually a, a funny story, uh, which I like telling, uh, Lee, Lee Harrington, uh, way back this was when uh, Mortis the guy who started shibarakon before shibarakon started uh, Mortis had just done his first uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, uh, bondage photo thing at a place in Brooklyn and with Lee and we're coming back on the L train and remember this is New York you know we're talking uh, early 2000 I think it was uh, late 90s early somewhere around there you know it's like this was like maybe a year before shibarakon I think I could have the date wrong and we're coming back on the L, and we're talking about doing transgressive stuff in public, and trans- specifically bondage. It was suddenly, you know, Lee goes, you know, we're in the front car of the L train, we're about to go underwater, and there's nobody in this car except for us and this Mexican guy, you know, this this guy sitting down the uh, at the other end of the car. Let's do something. So I'm taking photo. Mortis suspends Lee, and <laughs> you know it was it was hilarious. Now this this is also Lee before. Uh, the change so we're uh, we, you know we, we do this and we finish we get off at uh, 14th street we're, we're actually on our way up to um, Converse virium which is uh, Columbia's uh, student uh, SM group a really marvelous little group I've taught there a lot and they're really cool cool people and uh, we uh, uh, we're on the one and I platform and Mortis at, has uh, a big giant blue mohawk these funky work glasses that are all mirrored and colored and a giant leather duster and he's my height so he's like six six one and he grabs uh lee and starts tying, and i'm going to actually use the other gender here because it's part of the story her up and uh does an arm binder and lee goes into a whole you know face down you know like a submissive thing And the entire reaction we're getting from, oh, sorry, we we got off Fortune Street, went up to, we're on the 1-9 platform at 42nd Street. So this is 40 fucking 2nd Street, New York City. 1-9 platform. The entire reaction we got is nobody's paying attention. You know, people are reading their newspaper, people are reading their books, people are looking. Maybe somebody looks our way and then looks away. And and not even like, oh my God, what are they doing? It's just like, whatever, it's New York. Little old couple walks over, uh, a little Jewish couple actually. And the, the wife looks at me and goes, uh, taps me on the shoulder and goes, "A Young man, why are you tying up the young lady? And I went, Uh, ever, ever happening? And she goes, Oh, a happening. Thank you, young man. And walks off. <laughs> now we get on the train and we're heading up there and Lee is still tied up and we're talking to people. I'm taking photos. to pack train. People are like, Whoa, you're tied up. And Lee is explaining and, <laughs> you know, where we're going and everything. And everyone's... It, not a problem we get to uh the columbia stopping this 116th street or whatever it is and we get off lee gets his wholesome isn't pulling the uh 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 his uh, luggage up the stairs and um as we're going up to the street this blonde who's been going up with us since uh 42nd street suddenly turns to me and goes you guys are going over to franklin hall third floor room blah 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 i hope you you know have a really good night wish i could be there for this and and walks off you know and I was talking to Virgil, who who's the head of uh, CV at the time, he goes, oh, that must have been a Barnard girl. So I was like, welcome to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only in New York. But, but it's the whole thing. is like, you know, as things become more prevalent in your areas, people recognize it, and it's, um, oh, you're, you're with that group over there. You're, you know, how long have you been doing this? Um, uh, in a sense, it, you know, what's the old word? Uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. The more people are familiar with it, the more, oh, you're just those guys. Right. You know. And no, nobody's doing anything that's illegal, basically. You're doing everything else that everyone else is doing, just a little kinkier. And, uh, you know, we involve rope and, and really large butt plugs. Oh, wait minute, the gay community does that too. But still, you know. It's <laughs> a, yeah. But.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I had a moment, this is a couple of years ago. I was there's a, a gay men's leather bar in mm-hmm. St. Louis called JJ's. And it's there's a they have a sign in the bathroom stall that says you know one man to a stall or you'll be asked to leave right and it's it's kind of like the epicenter of the the gay men's leather community in San Luis as as far as I know okay and I was looking for it one night and I couldn't find it and it had been completely wrong area and I go into this bar called um, AMP alternative music club and uh, I asked like the bartender thinking he's the bartender he'll be in the know and he didn't know so he asked these other these other guys and there were these three guys who looked like like a gap ad or like an <laughs> ad for like you know all, uh, all cotton Dockers, yeah. just the just like normal accountant looking gay guys in the bar and they're like oh you're looking for jjs okay you want to get on this street <laughs> and like wow yeah. i'm these guys look like you know my college professors and they're telling me to, how to get to the you know the hardcore gay men's leather bar mm-hmm. so yeah you know you you, you never know oh, absolutely, who you're absolutely. talking to or what community you're in and how accepted these things are
1: well, I've always joked that the it, it's not the um, it's not the people who look like they're in that are in, it's the people you don't. Know. It's like people worry about oh my god, it's, you know they're going to be you know the people I have to worry about are wearing the, the leather and the dark clothing, and I'm like no no, it's the one who's wearing tweed you got to worry about. It's the <laughs> one who's wearing a you know, because you don't you know once you're doing stuff you don't have to you don't have to advertise it in that sense, and you know the people. Somebody was talking to me about you know um, was asking you know, who's the dangerous people? Who are the people, you know, the, the high-end players? And I said, okay, look around this room. And, you know, this is, this was a club, and, you know, everyone's wearing, you know, their, their um, you know, their, their, their leathers and all this stuff. And I said, okay, there are a few people here who are heavy players, and they're probably not the ones wearing leather. They're probably the ones who are look innocuous. They're probably the ones who are not scowling. They're probably the most friendly people you ever met. But if you ever play with them, they are the most fucked up people you will ever play with. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, I, I look at it, there, uh, it was a couple of years ago, a friend um, came to New York from Seattle. And she plays with a, a, a friend, uh, she play, actually, uh, I'll use his name, actually, she plays with, I won't use his name, I'll, just, I'll keep it kind of anonymous that sense. but she plays with somebody very, very heavy in Seattle. Okay. and Or at least she did. And, uh, and she's still friends with them. And, uh... He he basically gave her a six hour going away scene, and said, "And while you're in New York, there's this guy named Dove you might want to look up." (laughs) And I'm at this party, and we're we're uh, hanging out, and it's literally her. You know, she's landed in New York the week before. This is her first party, and we're um, you know, she comes up to me, and it's this hot night. I actually had a cold i'm uh uh you know i, I you know it's one of those summer summer coals that are really really kind of sucky and um you know we, we talked and we started trading um we started trading um uh we started trading um what I call monsters, and monsters are, you know, when people you see two people talking in the scene, and they they seem to be trading names, like, oh, I play with so and so and such and such, and I, you know, and you're like, wow, they're being big and egotistical, and I'm like, no, this is actually has nothing to do with the ego. These are people are negotiating. You're 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 going, you know, if you play with X, you must be into this this and this, or if not, you must be at least worth talking to, okay. And so we start trading monsters, you know, who I play with, who she plays with. And we're like, I I already, I don't even have to negotiate with her about what she likes. I already know who she plays with, which has already told me, holy fucking shit. Okay, she plays the heavy player. So uh, I'm playing with another friend later that evening, and I've got my straight razors, and I'm doing this whole thing where she's lying on top of me, and we're sweating our ass off because this place is, is super hot. And I don't mean in a good way, just like, Ridiculous! It's like probably a hundred and six in the place, and I'm running my knives over her face, over her eyelids, and just things you shouldn't do with straight razors and straight lasers, straight razors unless you actually know what you're doing. And a friend of mine comes over to uh, 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 the girl and starts talking to her about, "Is this your first? Uh, is this your first uh, uh, SM party?" And basically trying to pick her up and trying to give her the later land. She's just giving him this very innocuous, you know. Responses, you know, mm-hmm, yes, no, not exactly, and so on and so forth. And as I'm doing this, I can't, I'm trying not to laugh my ass off because I've already traded monsters with her. Monsters with her, I know, you know, I know what I know from whence she comes. Okay, you know, and I'm trying not to laugh because I have sharp objects on somebody's face. You know, not a bit, not a great propositioner. And I just keep snorting well, she comes over to me later and she loved what I was doing with the knives and she goes, you were laughing, weren't you? And I said, yeah. And she says, why were you laughing? And I said, well, okay. The only way I can explain this is a little story. Uh, The damn soul gets thrown into hell and as soon as he lands, the demons jump on him, drag him into torture and they torture and and murder and rape and do all sorts of things to him and reshape him and everything and basically show him what it is to be in hell. You know they, they, they give them a training. When they're done, they say to him, "Okay, we're done with you. You you you're now one of us. You are you've passed the test. Now when you go forth, and whenever you see a new damn soul, take them through the ringer and and indoctrinate them." And so he walks out, walks down the street, sees a figure on on a park bench that he's never he hasn't doesn't recognize. Walks over and goes, "Hi, are you new here?" And Mephistopheles says to him. No, I've been around.